Hello, friends. Whether you are looking for flavor, adventure, or simply better tasting meals, fill your pantry with Spice Islands. From Saigon cinnamon and dill weed to bay leaves, garlic powder, cumin, and turmeric, Spice Islands maintain a strict standard for each item to ensure consistency, quality, and flavor. And they use a craft approach to capture that volatile oil of each spice, which really gives the spices their flavor. Visit spiceislands.com slash house for more spice facts and delicious recipes and pick up Spice Island spices in the premium spice section of your local retailers. My podcast pals, here we are. Welcome back to another edition of How Cars, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This is, as you know, my friends, a food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people. And I am your hungry host, Joe House. My podcast pals, thank you so much for all of the outstanding belly sourcing, incredible pictures and input surrounding the fantastic Thanksgiving event. We appreciate very much all of the comments and and, uh, insights and observations on how our savory sides bracket went. And, you know, we're going to improve. It was very good to have uh, input from the people. I came to learn some things that I might not have known about uh, important Thanksgiving sides. And I think we're going to have a real fun time with this next year as well. Today's show you're not going to be surprised, includes a redux of Thanksgiving for myself and Juliet Lippmann, as well as today's guest, Dave Chang, is joining us. I needed an expert opinion on some of the more controversial elements of the Thanksgiving brackets. Dave Chang has very uh, poignant point of view on things like gravy and macaroni and cheese. So obviously, Dave is a preeminent expert on All things food, so his input on Thanksgiving was critical, and we also cover off where he is with this new restaurant in L.A., some real insights into R&D in the test kitchen. You're going to love hearing about that. And we also have, of course, uh, food news with Juliet Littman, beer on Mars, Pringles Thanksgiving flavors, and... Uh, products whose name I'm not going to try and say in the introduction. Coming up now, my friends, Dave Chang. Now, let me warn you, we're still in a little bit of a Thanksgiving hangover here at House of Carbs. We had a little bit of technical difficulty. I think it's 98% on par. That should be good enough for everybody. But there might be a couple moments where you hear something a little bit funny. Me laughing at something that's not funny. That's pretty typical. Uh, But please indulge us. I think you're going to love this chat. Let's get in that billy with Dave Chang. All right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, welcome back to House of Carbs. We are back after Thanksgiving break. There was only one guy that I wanted to come on after Thanksgiving. I want to break down how we did 
on our savory sides bracket. I wanted a professional to weigh in on this. We also have some uh, other important Washington DC related items to discuss and, and worldwide items to discuss. We have the Maven, the Kingpin, the Ma the Maestro himself. Dave Chang is on the line. What is up, my brother? House, it's always an honor to be part of this pod. Great, great <laughs> to hear your voice. So, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Um, it was my first Thanksgiving. Uh, I've celebrated in Los Angeles. My wife's uh, parents came in, and I was going to cook this big feast. And I was at the market. Uh, two days beforehand, and I did something terrible. I saw how long the line was, and I had stocked my cart full of food, and uh, I, I bolted. I left. <laughs> I decided then and there I wasn't going to cook for just four people. And I was like, you know what? That's no fun. Thanksgiving, you have to cook for many, many people. And I decided I was going to take everyone out for Thanksgiving lunch, which was an uh, audible and yeah. it didn't work out exactly the way I wanted because I think you got to cook dinner at home or lunch at home. So I regret it, but uh, <laughs> I mostly regret leaving the shopping cart in the supermarket full of food. Oh, no, you just left it there? No, I, I, I took away all the perishables, right? Oh, well, that was kind. But, yeah, that was kind. But, like, yeah, I, 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 it was just... It was just insane. So that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't cook anything. And the problem is, I went to a restaurant. It was really, it was fine. It was good. But, uh, you know, eating turkey and, and, and stuffing and all the sides, uh, I can't help but uh, judge, like, oh, I could have done this better. So that's how, <laughs> that's how I ate my Thanksgiving uh, meal, was uh, judging someone else's Thanksgiving food. Well, that's perfect because I want you to judge the bracket that we came up with. But that's an incredible story. I had no idea. I did not anticipate that when we were going to connect here to talk about our, our Thanksgivings, that what you were going to announce is that you went to a restaurant for Thanksgiving. I did. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, had, a, I had a freak out. I, I, I freaked out. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to cook for eight hours, seven, eight hours for just four people. So... But just save the headache and all the dishwashing. And uh, I don't regret it, but I sort of regret it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I, I'm interested in let's let's hear from you before we get into sort of evaluating how uh, myself and Mallory Rubin, Juliet Littman did with our sides. What would if you were to cook? What what was in your cart? What were you prepared to make uh, for your Thanksgiving feast? So. I'm happy to, to hear that stuffing won because I'm all in on stuffing. Everything else okay. is fine. But I think the only reason to cook turkey, and I'm not even a huge fan of turkey, but the reason to cook turkey is to eat stuffing. And oh. for me, the reason to have Thanksgiving is to eat stuffing. So I'm all in. I didn't even think about anything else. So I was really, I'm all in on stuffing all the time. And, and even bad stuffing, like, like stovetop stuffing is delicious. I think it's one of the, the great culinary pleasures that, you know, food snobs look down upon. But all kinds of stuff, cornbread stuffing, any kind of stuff you can make is always good. I don't know what makes it such a delicious thing. I don't know why people don't eat it, you know, more often. But stuffing to me is, is the reason to celebrate Thanksgiving. It is absolutely one of the one of the most important reasons. Now, where do you come down? One of our final four entrants was macaroni and cheese. What do you think about macaroni and cheese as a side for Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> no, I mean, you said, you said I, I, no. I, 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 no, because you can have that any other day of the year. 
Well, that that's true of a lot of uh, other things that go along. I mean, stuffing is like a special, special thing. I agree with that. I'm just wondering, like, is it okay to have the macaroni and cheese be in the final four? I've never, in all my years, 40 years on this planet, I've never had macaroni and cheese for Thanksgiving. Wow. You know, that's funny because I believe it is something of a Southern thing. And I dated a young lady from Florida when I was in my 20s. I'm not in my 20s anymore. And her family included macaroni and cheese as a side. And there was a a great uh, variety of opinion as to the propriety of macaroni and cheese as a Thanksgiving side. A lot of the hungry people weighed in saying, yo, macaroni and cheese does not belong on the menu. But the Midwest and the South, uh, our hungry homies from those two regions said, oh, 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 oh contraire, macaroni and cheese does belong. So I'm, I'm, you know, you and I are both from the from the DMV area, right on the Mason Dixon line. But you must not have ever had a, a Southern Thanksgiving. No, I mean, like my Thanksgiving was always a strange concoction and mix of Korean food and and like Americana. But ah. two things, two things I never grew up eating were uh, sweet potatoes uh, with marshmallows and and macaroni and cheese. And listen, I love them both equally. But macaroni yeah. and cheese to me is you can have a a big debate like what kind of macaroni and cheese are people fighting over, right? Is it yeah. homemade? Is it from the box? What kind of cheese? Does it have breadcrumbs on it? Like that's the thing. It's like if you're talking about stuffing or mashed potatoes, like people understand that there's all kinds of types of those things. But macaroni and cheese to me is like I don't know. It's like it really is dependent on what kind of macaroni and cheese. All right. I'm willing to live with that. I saw a lot of like macaroni and cheese casserole kind of concepts, you know, like in a, in a, in a baking dish, like that kind of presentation. And I think that's what I, what I, the way I experienced it, uh, back in the day, but let's move on from macaroni and cheese. There was also a lot of, uh, variety of opinion on gravy. So in the first place, some people took issue with the idea that we included gravy as a side in the first place. Where do you come down on that? Yeah, that, 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 that's something I, I disagree with. I, I don't think it's a side. I think that if you're going to go out and make turkey, gravy is a product. The gravy is like making turkey. Like, you, you don't have oh. gravy without turkey, right? Like, you can't make gravy without the turkey. It's like one and the same, right? You can make macaroni and cheese and not serve turkey. You can't have gravy without serving turkey or some kind of poultry. I mean, you can make gravy out of any sort of, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, uh, animal juices. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah. Thanksgiving, it's synonymous. It's one and the same. They go hand in hand, and I don't think you can actually have it technically as a side, right? I feel it like one of those NFL uh, NFL referees that like judge on like penalties on instant replay. I think this yeah. is a, a incorrect uh, incorrect ruling. So it was a it was a penalty to include it in the bracket, and we had to go up against Cranberry in the first place and it and it dominated cranberry and people were mad that gravy was in there in the first place and people were mad that cranberry got knocked out right away i i you know i have i've experienced gravy um with with a, a real sort of substance to it. it in in my family's tradition my mother would cook like some of the um turkey organ meat in the gravy like there was giblets we had like it was a it's a chunky gravy that could stand up on its own in the way that a delicious uh, bolognese will stand up to, to pasta on its own. So I, I wasn't sure, you know, exactly how to how to how to slice that. What do you think about that comparison? Um, 
I mean, if you, you can you eat bolognese or ragu on its own? Absolutely. But um, it's more like eating chili. I would, I would, if you sat down, Joe House, and ate a bowl of gravy on its own, uh huh. That is unbelievable. That you are a you are a superstar. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not going to do that. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do it. Now I do take issue. Some people call it a condiment. I don't believe it's a condiment. I don't think it's fair to treat gravy like a condiment. It's it's that suggests to me that 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 you're having you've been served a deficient gravy if you're going to call it a condiment or characterize it that way. But I I also it's an extension of turkey. All right. I mean, I can understand why it would be a side, but technically, I don't think it's a side. I think it's, it, at best, it's like the pan drippings of turkey that you've added butter and cream to or milk. Yeah. It's delicious. Like, listen, gravy is unbelievable. And I become such a delicious thing, I can understand why people would want it as a side. And let's just say for, uh, for argument's purposes that if it was going to be a debate between gravy and cranberry sauce, there's yes. not even a competition. Cranberry sauce doesn't even be part of the equation. I don't even know why we eat cranberry sauce. Uh, I, I I appreciate the concept of cranberry. We bought cranberry this year. We had a nice one, uh, zesty, uh, you know, um, with some orange rind and some, you know, it had a whole, uh, uh, you know, it was it was a combination. It wasn't overly sweet. It wasn't canned. It was prepared, you know, sort of properly, and it didn't come out on the table, and nobody missed it. I forgot to put it on the table. See, that should tell you everything. And I'm always going to judge anyone that's a fan of cranberry sauce is not a friend of mine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can like cranberry sauce and have like like really good taste in most things. Uh, that's that's that that. If that's... you choose cranberry sauce over gravy, we can't be friends. Okay, well we we didn't do that. We we got to the correct <laughs> answer there. All right, well look, I'm. I'm glad we had you weigh in on some of these crucial uh, issues of the day. Next year, as we prepare this bracket, and I think next year we're going to expand it to include dessert. We left desserts off the off the box altogether. Uh, next year, let, let me. Did you have dessert at your Thanksgiving meal this year? Uh, I, I actually did buy some pies. I didn't bake any, and that's honestly that's a toss up for me because uh, I think it boils down to pecan pie and pumpkin pie and. Um, I talk a lot of crap about pumpkin pie, but secretly, I think I, I love it. But for me, like a warm slice of pecan pie, that is just, that's just the best. I have to tell you, I went slightly rogue this year. I, I, I also bought pies for my family and there was a couple different, um, pumpkin varieties. Uh, not, we had a traditional pumpkin and then something was a little bit of, uh, you know, of a cheesecakey pumpkin kind of combo. Um, but I, for my own self this year, went with sweet potato pie. What do you think about that? Yeah. I've never had that before, but I can imagine how good that is. So it was, it was exquisite and, and it had the, the, um, the added benefit of everybody else was spooked by it. So I had the whole thing to myself. Nice. It's It's delicious though. No, 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 no. No, it's it's thick. It's a deep, it's a deep, rich, deeply sweet, um, sweet potato, uh, uh, you know, filling, and it has a finish like the sweet potato. So it it doesn't it doesn't come off as overly sweet, um, but it's very very fulfilling. I couldn't have enjoyed it more. I ate the whole thing by myself, Dave Chang. <laughs> Wait, question on the pies on pies in general. Are you a big fan of the back crust? Oh, I love, I no, I love the crust. I, the crust is crucial to me. 
I, I think that's maybe the reason why I love pie so much is just you just get that that the back piece of the pie is maybe the best part of the pie. Like I agree with that. Yes, exactly. That combination of the sweet and the and the crunch and however you, it so it, it really puts a premium on that back crust being of of high quality. It can't be a bullshit back crust, Dave. So I, I've done this before. Just for those that yeah. know me about my my pie eating ways, I'll eat all the crust and I won't even touch the center. Wow! Oh, we got to do some pies together. Yeah. Because I'll eat the middle. I mean, I prefer the I I prefer the crust as well. But if if there's a middle to be had, I'll eat the middle. All right, I think I think we've conquered Thanksgiving. Uh, I have something I want to discuss with you. In the first place, I'm glad that we are still on speaking terms. Um, I was a little worried. I have to confess. I brought uh, to your restaurant in Washington D.C. a couple weeks ago. Um, noted Wizards killer. Kelly Olenek. Did, are you aware that I did that? So, Joe, I, I do know that you did this, and I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's the one pod that I haven't listened to. Oh, well, that's okay. I, I can't. I can't. I was just like, it's Kelly. Like, he kills us. So he I killed need time. us. I need a couple more months. I'm going to revisit the pod, but I know that you had a fabulous piece. Thank you for, for supporting our restaurant. Always. This is, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about because there were some things on the menu that I haven't had before, and I know that you are presently in a menu formulation mode for your new restaurant in Los Angeles. So in, I wanted to talk about a couple of the items that appeared on the D.C. menu, and then I'd love to hear an update about how the North Spring menu is coming together, both in terms of like, you know, the where you guys are in developing it, but like how do you how do you conceptualize that because. The CCDC, the Momofuku CCDC experience is always uh, an eye opener because I'm always, every time I go in there, there's something new. So this time I haven't been in there in a while and explored the menu because the last couple of times I've gone, it's been with a group and we've had chicken. Like I just have, am dying for the fried chicken. Uh, and so we've had platter and platter and platter of chicken. But this time, um, we we had uh, the 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 folks in, in D.C. By the way, unbelievable! Everybody was so lovely. But we tried the spicy rice cakes, and I have to tell you, it was an absolute mother effing revelation. Um, so uh, and 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 I'm I I'm sure I'm gonna botch this. So you, I'll help you kind of help me navigate. I'm gonna ask you to help me navigate. Um, I, the experience I had was that. In the, in the presentation of it, the way it looked and the way I kind of ate it, I liken it to gnocchi, even though I know that's a completely botched kind of uh, analogy. Oh, hallelujah. Well, the, 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 the elements are octopus, sesame, and red dragon sauce. Um, can you describe how, how did this come together? How did the spicy rice cake come together? Well, um, in Korean culture, there's a dish called tteokbokki, and that's basically... Uh, usually served with uh, gochujang, which I just sort of jokingly called red dragon sauce in the cookbook. Um, and that's a spicy, sweet chili paste. And that spi spicy, sweet chili paste is often served with octopus. So we sort of mm. just merged like two or three Korean dishes together. Um, and, and that was it. It's, it's something that might be foreign to you, but if you grew up eating Korean food, it's going to make a lot more sense. But what I like about that dish and what you said right off the bat was it reminds you of eating Italian food, like a, a nice plump gnocchi. And, and that's sort of the idea, that even though you're not familiar eating with it, 
it reminds you of something that you are familiar with. So, and that, that was, that leads me to the other item um, that I'm at a loss to identify because it was not on the menu. It's not, it's not presently an on menu thing, which was a, what felt like to me a warm version of the chilled spicy noodles with the Sichuan uh, sausage. This, this was a warm um, noodle served with a spicy sausage uh, and, and it, it really had a, a pasta quality. Do you know the dish that I'm describing? I do. And, and what, what was it? I mean, it's, it's basically the same variation, right? So okay. we have, um, we have a, a, some new dishes in the works, but one of the things we're always doing at our restaurants is constantly iterating, right? It's, um, like, it's like a sports analogy. Imagine it's like an offense. Like you're, you're, you're constantly changing it season after season. So, yeah, I mean, you've had the chilled spicy Sichuan, and that's made with ramen noodles. And this time, you've had it with like a, a, a fresh pasta that we're rolling. And it's just, ah. uh, I, I, I think it's a little bit lighter. I mean, it's the same thing, right? I think it still has the pectoral punch of the, the ma la, which is like the, the numbing yes, yes, element. Yes, 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 yep. But it looks, it looks lighter, right? And it doesn't yeah. look as gnarly as the chilled spicy, but it still packs the punch. And that's the thing. It's constantly iterating, and that's what we're always doing at our restaurant. Well, I asked for an extra order of it because it was so incredible. So this is the perfect segue. You are preparing a menu as we speak for North Spring. Let's tell the hungry people how far along, how close are we now to North Spring opening, springing open its doors, to use a terrible well, pun. <laughs> First of all, uh, I think the name North Spring is was like a placeholder. Oh, okay. It's on. It's on North Spring, um, and I thought that might be a good name. But there's a couple. There's a couple other possibilities. But um, yeah. I think by the time they open up, it'll have a different name. Um, Great. You know, so so that can give you an idea. If we're still constantly changing the name, uh, the menu itself is constantly in flux too. So um, it's hard to describe, right? I think that we want to serve a lot of the product that's of uh, the Santa Monica farmers market, the local farmers market here, because house i mean the the vegetables and the fruits that are that are of this area are unbelievable yeah and when you go to the market that's what always people people always say that but from an east coast person that's now here it's um it's it's unbelievable i, I have no other words to describe than it's like it, it, it's like um it's, it just gives so many possibilities in terms of what we can do like for instance we're working on a dessert that has dates in it Oh. I've never worked with dates before because they're not they're not local. Uh-huh. In the East Coast and they grow they grow here in California. And that might seem like a simple humble thing cuz it's just a date and that's something I don't think many people eat but it's intensely sweet and it's going to be delicious in this dessert that we're making which is like a sort of like a stuffed pancake. Oh. Yeah, with pistachios and peanuts and it's, yeah. and honey. Um so I think a lot of the dishes that we're, we're we're serving are going to be a lot like you you had with the octopus and the rice cakes, where they may not be familiar, but they look very simple and comforting, and they're going to remind you of something. So one of the dishes that we're working on is, um, you know, slow roasted short rib. Oh, yeah. Like a, it's a a plate cut. So there's a two kinds of short ribs on a on a cow. One is from the the chuck region, which is sort of near to the the shoulder, the forward okay. shoulder. Those are smaller ribs and still delicious, but the ones that have you ever seen the dinosaur short ribs at a barbecue restaurant before? Uh, 
I've had I've had massive beef ribs before. I don't know if that's yeah. the okay. That's All the right. same thing. So those massive okay. beef ribs come from the it's a section of the cow called a plate. Uh, and okay. those are ribs like four, five, and six. So I'm giving you technical terms, but we want to serve those short ribs whole. Oh. So it's going to look like you know, like a massive football of beef ribs. Yeah. And we're gonna and slice it. Um, you know, very thinly, and we're going to serve that with, um, you know, vegetables, uh, uh, rice, like a rice paper. It's going to be almost like a – have you had a bosom before in D.C. with a giant pork pot? Yes, of course. We had a we had a, um, a smaller version of it with Kelly Olenek. I hope that's okay with you. Yes. He's on, he's on the heat now, so it's okay. All right, good. Yeah. But uh, something like that where it's, it's very communal. And and uh, and I think the big thing what I want is like where it, everyone can sort of tailor their own dish. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the dishes. I think we're going to be serving a lot of beef. It's going to be a very meat. Uh, I want to say it's a chop house, but it's almost turning into be like our version of a of a, a meat centric place with a lot of vegetables too. So, um, so it's interesting as a. You, you know, you you came from from New York, which is you know uh, what I would call one of the great places in the world to eat meat, um, and and now you're in L.A. and meat is becoming a predominant feature of the restaurant in L.A. That's a that's I wouldn't have expected that. Well, it, it, it's it's I mean, but it's not like uh, it is. We're definitely meat. It's going to be meat centric. I don't want to use that word because we have uh, you know yesterday we were R and Ding. This giant, uh, this beautiful braised vegetable pot, which again doesn't sound that sexy, but uh, it was actually completely vegan, and that wasn't because I wanted to. It was just like how the the produce that we were working with like directed it. So, cool. it, if anything, cool. it looked like a Japanese sukiyaki. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's basically like a a giant like hot pot of of, of vegetables and meat, but the the, the vegetables that we're working with are so delicious. We didn't have to add any meat. Yeah, is that like I've had the the Thai green curry in a in a hot pot? Is it that idea? Uh, similar, similar, similar. Okay. But um, it, it's going to be something again that's shareable, but really delicious. Um, that's the problem. I'm, I'm having a hard time describing the food because I just need you to come here and, and taste it yourself. But well, like, you, you're you, still you beat in the process me. of the origin. Yeah, you beat me to the punch. Um, how is your how's the timing coming together? Um, I, we we hope to open by the new year. Awesome. Incredible. That would be a hell of a way to rig in the new year, right? Yes, but I'd rather be celebrating than working. <laughs> well, you're the boss. We can make that happen, right? Uh, I don't know, man. The opening of a restaurant is like the worst. I, I'm aware. I remember when I walked in the, one of the first two weeks where you were in Momofuku in D.C. and I heard a pan get slammed down and I heard some F-bombs and I, you know... Everybody, you got everybody's attention, but things were happening. It was coming together. I, <laughs> I understand it. Um, so you will get this this restaurant launched, and then you are shortly thereafter packing your bags and growing, you know, halfway across the world to 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 South Korea to participate in the Winter Olympics. Am I am I right about that? That is correct. As crazy yeah. as that sounds. It's it's not crazy at all. So uh, let's let the hungry people um, get a give a uh, give them a dose of what you're going to be up to. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Winter Olympics of 2018 in Pyongyang, uh, not Pyongyang, Pyeongchang, 
Um, so that's about two hours south of, of Korea. I'm in a two hours south of Seoul. And I'm going to be basically like the cultural correspondent, um, sort of helping decipher some of the Korean food and customs and basically explaining Korean culture through food because I'm not going to talk too much about sports, even though I'm a super fan of sports. Um, and we were there earlier last year, um, and we filmed uh, a segment with the uh, Quenyo, and it's a group of women in the in the southern tip uh, of of Korea um, that dive every day for uh, abalone and sea urchins and uh, you know oh my you, you know exquisite exquisite seafood yeah. in, in brutally cold conditions, and uh, it, they've been doing it for 300, 400 years. And the oldest one that we met was 89 years old, and they go out and they dive every day. No men are allowed to do it. And I think it's really representative of how sort of hardcore uh, people in Korea are. And uh, we filmed another segment about just sort of exploring that Korean food is way more than just uh, Korean barbecue and kimchi. Because, you know, Korea has been around for many, many millennia, and it's been, you know... It's got a lot of China, a lot of Japan, a lot of Mongolia, a lot of America because of the military presence in, in the food that uh, makes Korean food. It's so much more diverse than what people realize. And, you know, it was really, I was really honored to be able to tell that story. And, uh, you know, in addition, like, I'm not like, I'm not like a super hardcore Korean person, right? Like, you know, it, it, most people would probably say that I'm like the least Korean person they, they probably know. But I grew up eating it. I've lived in Korea. And because I'm still exploring, I think uh, I might be a good person to sort of decipher as I learn stuff, too, about Korean culture. And uh, thankfully, NBC's uh, given me the opportunity to, to talk about this. Yeah, that's what I wanted to make sure we included. This is going to be part of NBC's Olympic programming, right? It's going to be part of the broadcast. I'm going to be part of the <laughs> Olympic coverage, yeah. Yeah, you are... It's- are you taking Al Roker around to to because Al, Al's got an appetite? I mean, Al, we we know. I I know he's slimmed down, but I understand Al's a good eater. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to take I want to hang out with not just Al. I want to hang out with all the athletes in the Olympic Village. Like, of course, of course. I want to cause trouble, basically. <laughs> I have no doubt you're capable of that. Now, what what is one <laughs> what what sport can we expect um, Korea to excel? What winter sport can we expect Korea to excel at? Are they, are there, are there great skaters in Korea? Unfortunately, we are very talented at sports that uh, are not team oriented. Like uh, (laughs) the ones that I care about um, too much. Like we're probably really good at inline skating. Um, Yeah. We've always won a lot of the medals. We're we're good at figure skating, um, but like hockey and, and some of the more mass appeal sports. And obviously, Joe House, we're not really good at field goal kicking either right now. So, <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll leave that alone. That is that's the last thing. I can't let you go until we compare notes, and, and we're gonna take each other's temperature on where we are with this Washington professional football team. Um, what, what what are you thinking? It's sad. It's really sad. Don't you don't you think? Like, it's always sad, but this this is more bittersweet than most years because. We really screwed up the Kirk Cousins situation, and we've been riddled with injuries. And regardless, as I've you know lamented in the past with you and and, and Bill, we still have the same owner. So every day is going to be Groundhog Day of sadness because we have Daniel Snyder. <laughs> well, this is that that it. You're going to be surprised. I'm not feeling sad at the moment. 
Uh, I've always said I'm, I am perpetually sad that Dan Snyder is the owner of our of our beloved team. But I actually think that there is some cause for optimism. This team has a, a row of games in front of it that are winnable. And I'm I'm heartbroken that we lost um, two very winnable games earlier in the season, both the Chiefs game and obviously the more recent Saints game. The game, those those were very very winnable games, but we're sitting at five and six, and we're on the outside looking in. And if we beat Dallas on Thursday night, Dave Chang, I'm telling you, I might be on this this bandwagon because Kirk Cousins is having an, another kind of season for the ages. And I will tell you this, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know this is crazy talk, and people are gonna yell at me on the Twitter and whatnot. I think we should franchise his ass again next year. <laughs> we can't, we can't let, next year. I, who who cares? I mean, it's just you know, it's just money against the cap. The, the the important thing is having a competent quarterback, and he's he's more than competent because the the real risk of this this season was. You know who who was going to catch balls for him? They Jordan Reed is unreliable because of injury. Even though he's the best receiver, Terrell Pryor came in and immediately flamed out. But somehow or another, Cousins keeps putting up numbers, even with Chris Thompson going down. God bless. I'm knocking on wood for Chris Thompson that a full recovery and 100 percent, and that he comes back because he was that dude is a real Redskin as far as I'm concerned. What we saw of him, all heart and guts. That's. That's honestly the highlight of the year is the fact that Chris Thompson, with all of his injuries in the past, finally had the, the, the opportunity to, to show the NFL that he was the real deal. And unfortunately, he got injured. But, like, you know, he's probably the lone highlight for me. But the second highlight, you're right, is Kirk Cousins having quietly a better year than he had last year. It's crazy. With no receivers. And he's, he's got, like, second in, the, second in yardage this year behind, I think, Brady. Yeah, just behind Brady. But what are we going to do next year? He's, I think he's going to be in the New York area. Oh, no. No, we can't let him go. If he's healthy through the end of the season. What if he becomes a Giant or a Jet? No. Giant, Jets, or Broncos? I'm telling you, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to franchise him again or they're going to pay through the nose. They're going to recognize the mistake that was made and pay triple the the premium that they would have had to pay if they just signed him up properly two years ago like they should have. They're, you know, the, the, the tax you, they're going to pay. Kirk Cousins is such a principled, morally principled person that it's not about the money. And I genuinely believe that. I think that he'll take a deal with less money for another team that he believes will treat him better than the Redskins have. Well, if that's... If I'm Kirk Cousins, if, I'm not staying with the Redskins. If that's why we have to franchise him. And that's what I think they're going to do it. <laughs> for $35 million. Uh, Dave Chang, as always, we're very, very, very happy to have you on. Continued great luck with a restaurant named TBD in the North Spring area. On the Nor- on North Spring, is it North Spring Street? Yes, North Spring yeah. is one side of the street, not as the other street. Yeah, well, named TBD. Continued great luck on the R&D. I might sneak out to L.A. between now and New Year's just to see if I can get into that test kitchen and give a couple bites because... My God, the dinosaur rib, my brother. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can handle it. The fear of missing out is too much for me. As always, Dave Chang, <laughs> thank you, my brother. Love you, Joe House. Take it easy. Love you, too. Thanks. 
pals, how about a quick word from our good friends at Stamps.com? How is Stamps.com helping you save time this holiday season? What do you have in your holiday to-do list? How many errands do you have to run? With the holidays almost here, who has time to go to the post office? It will be busy with people sending holiday cards and gifts. So do what we do at House of Carbs. Use Stamps.com instead. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Then the mailman picks it up. Stamps.com makes it easy. They'll send you a digital scale, automatically calculate the exact postage, and Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail every time. Print postage any day, anytime. Stamps.com is always open. I use Stamps.com because it is the most efficient way to send out the millions of House of Carbs. Post Carbs thanking all the hungry people for their their wonderful listening this season. Right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CARBS. That's Stamps.com and enter C-A-R-B-S. Do it today. Podcast Pals, we are also brought to you by our good friends at Canvas People. Instead of letting that beautiful photo, my taste buds, that you may have taken of your delicious holiday spread, don't let that photo rot in your cell phone. Bring it to life with CanvasPeople.com. CanvasPeople.com is a really easy-to-use photo-to-canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day like the beautiful macaroni and cheese that I might have enjoyed on Thanksgiving. All you haters who said macaroni and cheese doesn't belong, wait till you see it hanging on my wall on one of these beautiful canvases. You can hang these pictures on the walls of your home office or give them as a gift. It's perfect for preserving all of those family memories. Better yet, all canvases are high quality and made here in the U.S. with fast shipping and great attention to detail. And with over 1 million customers served, you can buy with confidence. Normally, my podcast pals, 11 by 14 canvases are priced at $69.99. It's a penny less than 70 bucks. But right now, for a limited time, my podcast friends, you can get a free 11 by 14 canvas. All you have to do is pay shipping. Simply use the promo code CARBS to take advantage of this offer. That's canvaspeople.com. Promo code C-A-R-B-S for a free 11 by 14 canvas. Get that turkey on the canvas. All right, my taste buds, as we do every week here on House of Carbs, it is now time for food news. Food news. Yo, Juliet. Yo. (laughs) Hi. You're back on the West Coast. How are you? I'm back. I'm good. Back from some good eating in New York City. Uh, A nice Thanksgiving. How was your holiday house? It was, it was everything that I anticipated that it would be. It was overeating. It was over television watching. It was over footballing. I overindulged in every way, shape, and form. 
And now I'm ready to continue uh, uh, on overindulging right through the new year. I mean, I think that's what you're supposed to do as a red-blooded American, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just keep on eating. Keep on eating. Done, done and done. You don't have to tell me twice. So let's hear it. Let's hear how your Thanksgiving was. Um, it was delightful. My brother made two kinds of potatoes. My mom made excellent cranberry sauce. And as mentioned, great roast beef with the blue cheese sauce. Um, mm. And what do we have for dessert? Mm, there was an apple crumble. It was good. I, I'm like really into cheese and crackers. So whenever that's on the table, regardless if it's appropriate or not, I just go really heavy with that. So I also had a lot of cheese and crackers. It was good. So How that's you- funny. What about you? My, my, mine was mine was outstanding as well. Uh, we started with my mother's um, traditional antipasta. She makes a big Italian, a big oh. spread of Italian charcuterie cool. rolled up. Mike Lombardi. Yeah, Lombardi posted a picture of his, and I felt bad that I didn't have a picture of my mom's ready to roll. I have it now. I don't know if I'll put it up or not. But it's a really great spread of all kinds of Italian meats uh, and cheeses, and then there's peppers and, and uh, you know, r- roasted red peppers and artichoke and uh, olives. It's a really impressive, uh, impressive visually and impressive in size and scope. So we got the the meal started off right. But that, and in that respect, I think it's not too unlike what you're describing about your affinity for the cheese and crackers and how that ends up being a filling thing. Yeah, that that that, that we have that that problem at my house. If we that eat problem- that antipasto. I have that problem like every day. Like I, cheese is just my favorite thing. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever. If we if we eat the antipasto at my house too close in, in proximity, too close timing wise to the to the great big meal, I end up with a whole Thanksgiving meal in containers downstairs in my in my basement fridge, which is exactly the story right now. I mean, right. everybody was very fired up for the antipasto. And we, we probably got it started a little bit late this year. We probably had that around 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the afternoon. And dinner was supposed to be at, at uh, pretty close to 6, but we ended up like 6.30, 6.45, but just not enough time in between the antipasto and the, and the turkey with all of the, the fixings. So uh, I, have, I have all this. I ate, I ate that all weekend long. This brings up a good point, which I almost think that Thanksgiving needs to be like bifurcated into a, a two meal uh, affair. Like there should be a Thanksgiving lunch and a Thanksgiving dinner because everyone always has so much food. Why does it all have to be consumed at the same meal? Like maybe there should be like a lunch, an activity, and then you come back for dinner. Don't, the, the problem is what could you have as an activity in between? <laughs> That that's gonna you know pre- help you get over that lunch and get prepared for dinner. I don't I can't I don't know what it would be. I don't I wouldn't recommend turkey bowl. A lot of people have a turkey bowl tradition. What I wouldn't about recommend like, that after a Thanksgiving lunch. What about like some competitive board games? That's that that that's fine. But how do you work up your appetite <laughs> for that Thanksgiving meal? That's the problem. I'm thinking about how do I get this next round of calories in. Because I want the full experience. I don't want to shortchange anything. We had butternut squash, and a and and uh, that was prepared with uh, a lovely. Uh, this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but it had honey and it had onion for a little bit of a kind of an acid thing, and it oh, had raisins good. and it had some. It was delicious. And then we also had. Um, uh, co- uh, carrots that were sliced uh, in chunks and prepared again with a touch of of a hot honey. So there is a there's a there, this this is a thing now. If you are you aware of hot honey? Shout out to Mike's oh, yes. hot honey. I love I oh, love the yes. hot honey. Very and then familiar. a little cumin, a little cumin, and we and we baked those. 
And now those those two side dishes I did not touch as part of the meal because I also had Brussels sprouts with bacon, and I also had um, obviously stuffing and mashed potatoes and the and and gravy and and many other things. I could barely get to the roasted vegetables because I'd had that on a pasta earlier. So there needs to be a lot better sort of game planning and, and mapping out. And this is the risk of of what you're describing. You know, when 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 you're when you're having these traditions kind of smashed together. Uh, and, and there's only so many calories that can go down in a, in, in, a, in a day. I know you got, you got to make room and some, some products are trying to extend the Thanksgiving vibes too. Like if, you know, they really don't think it should be confined to one day. So, so do you have a product in mind? Is there one I do. that you're thinking of? I do house. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pr- Pringles launch their first ever Thanksgiving theme flavors. Uh, this was really, I think, um, thought to be like instead of Thanksgiving dinner, but it's pretty wild. The packaging, it looks, at least the way they showed it in pictures, it's like a, a it, the packaging like looks like a plate. And uh, these are the eight new Thanksgiving flavors they had. Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, cream corn, green bean mat casserole, mac and cheese, and pumpkin pie. So that's really like a full, that's a, that's a full meal. That's the whole Thanksgiving experience, as yeah. we've sort of covered off uh, in in our uh, in our bracketology, in our savory side brackets with with Mallory. Um, I would like to find this, and I would like to try it. Yeah, I mean, they also like suggest doing them in a couple of different ways. So, like, you have like a turkey, a stuffing, and a mashed potato all together, so you get like a, a full bouquet of Thanksgiving flavors. It's it's a fascinating idea. I'm into the idea of it and the, the actual, the photo of it, you know, there is a different coloration. There, 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 yeah. there are different shades. It looks like some textures are different among the Pringles. So putting three Pringles in my mouth all at once and, and trying to get, you know, a full flavor, a full Thanksgiving flavor profile. Obviously, I support that. Um, did you see, I haven't seen these anywhere. I, no, I, I, I haven't me, either. I was in the grocery store. Yeah, so we we will let's, let's we're gonna have to do a little bit of on the ground research and see if we can't get at this because I, let, let's see is it available to the public yet? Oh, it says they're not available to the public this year. Oh, I but... see. There's this is still in development. This is why. Okay. Yeah, well, so we need when... to get on the list, Juliet. If I they're know. gonna be sending out, you know, chips for 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 hungry people to to try, I I think House of Carbs is a pretty good candidate for try checking out some some crazy chip flavors. Yeah. Um, I think we deserve it. So come on, Kellogg, think of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all about us, us d- d- deserving to eat snack foods. Um, I want a quick sidebar before we move beyond Thanksgiving. Did you get any feedback from from your circle on how we did uh, with our our savory side bracket? Um. A lot of people felt that we really undersold some of the like more vegetable based things like corn related items. Uh, and I think a lot of pu- a lot of pushback on the green bean casserole being just sort of tossed out so early on. Yeah, I got that as well. I, I think we I think we were fair to it because what the reason that it got knocked out was if it if it goes bad, it's terrible. And I think in our own experiences, each of us have had bad green bean casserole. Now, there might be places, I think there are places in, in these United States of America where people are expert at making green green bean casserole, and they never F it up. Oh, but sure. once you've had a bad one, 
it it feels dispensable the first time you have a bad one. I don't that that I don't I think we were fair to green bean casserole. Yeah, I think it's also like that's a real regional one in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, did you get anybody arguing with you about gravy? Because I got I saw a ton of stuff about gravy. Gravy shouldn't have been included. Gravy is not a side. Gravy is a condiment. Now, I take great issue with gravy as a condiment. And I discussed this with Dave, Dave Chang. But uh, did you hear anything about the gravy? Um, a little bit, but not a ton. Not a ton. I, I actually, okay. I right. heard many people say they also didn't like gravy. So I just want to mention that. I mean, that I didn't like turkey. And I think <laughs> if you don't like turkey, you don't really care about gravy. So I just want to throw yeah. that out there. So that's a funny Funny point, Jay, Dave Chang, the hungry homies uh, on this podcast, will have just uh, heard him say this. He says to him, the turkey and the gravy are one and the same. You, oh. you, you, you. Uh, there's no separating them out. It, it ought not to get its own separate treatment, and you ought not to include it in a bracket like this because there's no such thing as gravy without the turkey, uh, and it is you know to be enjoyed. As a, uh, I don't know what the right the right word is. You know, it's a, it's it's a highly uh, complimentary. It, it doesn't. It's not a standalone item. And so I accepted his uh, his his criticism. I think you know we can think about that for next year's bracket. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I think we've exhausted uh, Thanksgiving. At least I'm exhausted by it. Is Christmas um, a big food holiday for you? Well. He, the, I, I, I at the outset of this, I was saying uh, this is a season where I'm eating and eating and eating. I just eat all the way through New Year's. So the answer is yes. There is not not just Christmas, Christmas Eve as well. I love a great, you know, um, we do the, the the seven fishes idea sometimes. Oh, you do? Cool. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's not a, it's not mandatory. We don't have a tradition of it, but we love like exploring with it. Uh, and so there's a Christmas Eve meal. There's a Christmas meal. There's a New Year's Day meal. So like it's just meals, plus all the office parties between now and, and the end of the year. I'm just right. on a it's my favorite time of the year. I just love it. Yeah, for me it's How about a, par- you? a part it's more like it's like more of a party issue. Like I'm just like there's so many yeah. so many holiday parties and so much imbibing, but that's okay. <laughs> of course it's okay. Yeah, I love it. It's welcome, I think. Yeah. yeah. Now is there is there a Hanukkah a Hanukkah food tradition? Latkes are the Hanukkah food. Okay. And is like, it every day of the every day of Hanukkah? Usually, like like a well, you'll have like you know a Hanukkah party, but you don't necessarily eat them every day. Okay. Hanukkah so is, is, it, is a religiously is a is insignificant religious in terms of like religious value. Like it's not one of the major Jewish it. holidays. It just happens to fall yeah. at the same time as Christmas, so it's been overblown. Okay, so that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so like, yeah, there's a food component, but like, it's all just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's all an excuse for presents. <laughs> well, that 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 has its place. I, I have yeah, to say, yeah, of course, it's not necessarily wrong. Speaking of having its place, uh, is does Budweiser belong in space? Well, this is okay. So this is the headline from Food and Wine. Glad you asked. Budweiser Budweiser to conduct experiments on the International Space Station next month, and this is a story from last week from Food and Wine. So. You think it's like some kind of like beer thing, and it is. But really, what they're in what they've announced is, and this is from the article on Food and Wine. Budweiser says that the first steps towards getting its beer to Mars will will start next month. Two experiments are scheduled to, to be conducted on the International Space Station to help better understand how barley reacts to a microgravity environment. 
looking at 20 Budweiser barley seedlings in total. The first experiment will focus on how exposure to microgravity environment affects the seeds, while the second experiment will specifically focus on barley germination to see if the seeds grow at the same rate in space as they do on Earth. So this is like a beer Budweiser experiment so far as like Budweiser has decided to brand barley the entire grain as its own. But really, this is like this is a science experiment that has a corporate sponsor. So I I love the science experiment um, aspect of it. And I guess I can get behind the idea that Budweiser um, is so omnipresent and so powerful that can F around. You know, it's got a humongous R&D budget. And I don't want to say a bad thing about Budweiser because who knows, maybe they're going to sponsor food news. I love a Bud Light. I have nothing bad to say about Budweiser. Me too. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good. And they're 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 Budweiser reserve in the bottles. I haven't seen that yet, um, but I'm going to have one uh, through through this holiday season. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, It just seems like it's not it's not exactly a branding opportunity to me, uh, notwithstanding what's gone on here. Um, It is a cool science experiment, uh, but it doesn't have anything to do with Budweiser necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of like hilarious. Like, okay. Okay, Budweiser, whatever you say. <laughs> That's it. It's go nuts. I hope it works. I'm I'm excited to see the results. Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> it um, is definitely like a stretch, though. That's for sure. Yes, exactly. Um, not a stretch at all is our third story. Yes. So. So this, this one, one I'm excited for. This is this is essential. Um, this is a story coming to us from Delish.com. And uh, the headline is, every fast food fan needs a dip clip in their car. Now, dip clip is one of the worst names I've heard of. It's D-I-P-C-L-I-P. But (laughs) name aside, it's an incredible uh, invention. The dip clip... It's an Let's... in-car sauce holder that fits onto most car vents thanks to a universal mount modeled off the cell phone mount. The creators, Milkmen Design, did the dirty work and tested sauces from every major fast food chain, including McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, and Chick-fil-A, to make sure it works with almost any fast food sauce. And so what the dip clip is, is like a holder for the sauce that you get at the drive-thru. So like if you in, in this article from the Kickstarter of this company, you'll see it holding a little thing of ketchup. Um, and, you know, this is a public service, really. Yeah, so notwithstanding the terrible name, and maybe it's intentional that uh, it's so close to, to words that are going to get, you know, the youth in trouble trying like, to say this thing 10 times fast like, or or a moron like me trying to say it 10 times fast. I mean, yeah, I mean, it I, sounds there, like dick pic, but it's dip clip. It also could be dick clit, which is just terrible. Like <laughs> how easy could it, could it be to say that, that those bad words? It's so dumb. So bad name notwithstanding, I the the visual here is quite compelling. Oh, it yes. looks very very solid, very stable, and it looks like so here's the thing about my consumption of fast food that up to this moment, um, I felt like I, I've, I've been deprived of. I love to eat um, like a cheeseburger and dip that cheeseburger into a sauce while I'm eating it, especially a mm. fast food cheeseburger, especially like a, you know, a McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese. And then I'll get the chick, the, the, um, the chicken nuggets uh, mustard sauce and that will be a potential dipping agent 
or you know if if it's if it's uh you know if i if i'm just at a place where i'm down the middle of the road with uh um you know, mustard and ketchup, that's fine. I'll do a mustard ketchup combo and dip my hamburger because that I can control the amount of sauce that way. Um, notwithstanding the pre-saucing at some places, I like I like to control the saucing my own self in my bites. So this thing is opening up a whole new uh, realm of possibility because I could do that dipping in the car. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it, so it... it, it it's not necessarily limited to just natural dipping foods like that. They have a picture of a chicken nugget here. And obviously that makes sense. And so every kind of variety of chicken that you might eat at Chick-fil-A or Burger King or Wendy's or McDonald's, you could dip it using this this wonderful device that we're not going to mention by name anymore because the name <laughs> sucks. Um, but, you know, I also would would expand the potential uses. You could really, you know, if I got we talked about the keg of ranch, maybe I would I would get my own little container with a little bit of ranch and have it in there. If I knew I was going to be eating some some delicious, uh, you know, cheeseburger to go and I would want to I would like to layer a little bit of ranch or, you know, what else goes great with with a little ranch dip pizza. That's true. So if, I'm, if I have a crust. slice, right? Yeah. Yes. So absolutely. you could do your dipping. On the roll, on uh, while you're rolling on the road. Um, the dip clip can only come to to us if we all participate. It's part of a Kickstarter, and the product will only be funded if it reaches its goal by a certain date. It has until January fifth oh. to reach its goal of ten thousand dollars, and it's currently at seven thousand two hundred and forty six. Uh, we need to make this happen. Uh, hungry, hungry well, people. I, taste buds. You know what? I mean, yeah. Take them a few dollars How, if you're a- into it. Well, I I think House of Carbs should just take this thing over the top. I mean, we know people at the Ringer. Jesus, like, what are we waiting for? With the the Ringer is profitable, I think. I don't know. We know uh, we, we know the people in charge at the Ringer. Could they help out? Maybe. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see if I know someone. <laughs> well, that's it's a it's a potentially groundbreaking and revolutionary you know car car innovation. Uh, I, I think we have to help this get across the goal line. Do you think that like there's an opportunity to like get to get them on Shark Tank or something? That would really help. It's not very much money that they're asking for. I mean, no. ten thousand dollars to get started. Like you know, I think that's something that uh, the bald guy could be into. I don't remember <laughs> the names of the Shark Tankers. Maybe Mark Cuban can help. Cubes is this something that Cubes twenty five hundred bucks? I think that's his pocket cash. Oh, Cubes Cubes has that in like. At all times. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's in his sock right now. It's nothing for him. <laughs> nothing for him. All right. Well, we're we're pulling for you, Dip Clip. Even though we hate your name, <laughs> we hate your name. You know what? If we put come up with the twenty five hundred bucks, I bet they'd let us help them rename it. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to work on that. Uh, Juliet, that was outstanding food news. Thank you as always. Thank you, House. Great to talk to you. Glad you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'll talk to you next week. There we go, podcast pals, my hungry homies. Thank you so much for the Listen to House of Carbs, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Please, as always, keep up the outstanding belly sourcing. I hope everybody's enjoying the Instagram. We love throwing up. 
the outstanding food items from all over this great country of ours, as well as all over the world. We've been getting some incredible international entries. Our good friends down under in Australia have been particularly strong. Keep it up at the House of Carbs. Keep up the outstanding picks and input. We really appreciate it. Make sure to give us a review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We shall be back next week, of course, my hungry homies. But until then, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs>